Welcome to another episode of Sonic Talk. It's number 322. We're live on another extremely hot day in the UK. I can't believe how hot it still is weeks later. Um, but it's great, uh, although not great when you have technical difficulties, which is what I've just had. And the chat room just went down just before the show, uh, which was a bit problematic. So I'm so, I hope the people uh, watching are being able to get this. So I think the chat room is there, although I won't be able to include them in the show because I couldn't get my client working. But never mind. enough of my difficulties. You can see I'm red and flustered. Um, but welcome. Um, today is, uh, well, apart from being a, another hot day, it's actually the day after the day that Logic X finally dropped. This is four years in the coming for a major update. Um, it's probably going to dominate the show's topic. So if you're not interested in Logic or Apple or anything, then you might want to go elsewhere for your summer afternoon, midweek entertainment. But right now, this is where we are. So uh, we do have uh, Mr. Non-Eric on the show. Uh, he's joining us via, um, I'm not sure what it is, but it's it's not his usual thing because he's also streaming simultaneously to his own website, which is... Trying, 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 which I haven't got it up and running yet, unfortunately, Nick. But uh, I don't want to, I can't uh, sort of stop your show for that long, so I'll just give a, a verbalized review of my... <laughs> enthusiastic moments with the logic update which is ex- exactly the opposite of what i expected, expected. Mm. Yes. ah interesting all right well i'm going to before no, no, not really no no not, not that maybe not even right i i knew or we all were afraid that it could be a garage band kind of plus sort of thing just like what happened with the Final Cut Studio and Final Cut X and in a way that's exactly what happened but instead of criticizing it because there's no no I think uh, technical advances in the background I think they haven't even touched the audio engine we still pan minus 63 to the left and plus 64 to the right so we're still in the dark ages of MIDI resolution in the mixer Ah. but everything else around it, the workflow together with this iPad app gives me everything I wanted. I wanted, now I have all these nice touch instruments at my fingertips and quickly, and then I can play strange stuff, you know, like crazy chords on the fly and then treated everything just like it would be an iPad thing, but without the drawbacks. Integrated. Um, yeah, I, I can, can I come back to you in a second? I yeah, still yeah. have uh, to introduce our other guests, but um, that's a great little, I think that's we could call that a tease. That's Mr. Norrick from musotalk.de uh, with his initial thoughts. Uh, back to him in, in a second. I also want to say hello to Mr. Dave Spears from g4software.com, who, who is there probably in an equally steamy uh, environment, except he's got more equipment that generates more heat than I have. That's why I went for LED lights. <laughs> yes, yes. You're very quiet, Dave. I'm contemplating going Am I? Right, yes. That makes a change. Uh, let me just try my microphone. Is that better? Uh, that's much better. Thank you very much. Okay. If, uh, yes. No, I was contemplating leaving because I don't really have an awful lot to contribute to this Logic X conversation. Well, it did. It is interesting because they actually um, they just dropped it without telling anybody that it was coming, really, including developers by the sound of it. So um, you're as much in a surprised, as surprised as we are, I guess. Well, we did have a couple of tip-offs 
from people who should have known better. So we were kind of forewarned in a lot of ways. Ah, okay. But we didn't know when. That that was the really interesting thing. We knew that there was a couple of things that we needed to look at. But, uh, yeah, okay, right, I'll be quiet now. Thank you. And also we've got Mr Mark Tinley over there, who I believe also has uh, purchased said software. Uh, Mark Tinley, likebeing.com, creative thinker. I did. I looked looked on the, the Apple website and I saw that it could tune vocals. And I thought, well... I've got a session today, and somebody <laughs> coming over, so I thought I'll download it. Nice. And do you know what? It's still downloading things. I don't know what it's doing, but it's just every time I, I have actually managed to get it up and running and managed to click on a few things and try a couple of things, but every time I go to do anything, I made the fatal error of clicking on this little icon that said Adrian, I think, and Adrian is a drummer, and it decided that it was going to go and download about two gigabytes of drum loops from this guy called Adrian. So, and every every time you just got to like not click on anything like that, otherwise uh, it, it, it does looks, it does look good. I am completely and utterly miffed about the upgrade path because I've been a Logic user since version one and I really think I ought to be rewarded. But then it's so bloody cheap that yeah, it kind of you know what, maybe we should just reward everyone on the planet with a cheap Yeah, price, you, could, you could look at it either way, can't you, uh, whether that's the case or whether it's not. Yeah. But it's interesting. As, uh, I mean, just as a quick, uh, well, do a sort of quick, I should also point out that we've got a sponsor of the show. This is Isotope. Uh, we ran a competition last week. Uh, we've got a winner this week um, for Stutter Edit, and we will have... Oops, no, not that one. Another version of Stutter Edit to give away. So stay tuned. You'll find it somewhere amongst our chats. So you have to listen to the show to find out what the competition is and all those things. But yes, Logic 10 uh, or Logic X. It's uh, on the face of it, there seems to be, you know, less, you know, the, the, the default position was, oh, it's just going to be a bunch of uninteresting things. But actually, I've been looking. There's a really good video from a guy called David Earl, who's called SF Logic Ninja. Uh, he does a load of training stuff for Mac Pro Video, and he's done like a twenty-minute overview, and it really does kind of open your eyes to what the what they've done. The, the thing that looks really interesting, and I think is probably massively underplayed, is this track stacks feature. Now, uh, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, non Eric, you've had a chance to look at that because that's almost like the sort of the equivalent of creating racks, isn't it? Effectively, and and sort of devices, and you're able to macro control them. Am I right in saying that? Um, that, uh, I didn't touch that at all. Yet. Oh, <laughs> I've caught you out. What have you had a look at then? What, what is it that you've, that, that's kind of immediately impressed you with it? Because you immediately downloaded it. I don't have anything running Mountain Lion, so I'm not prepared to upgrade my computer and pay to, uh, just to be first to review it. So, Okay, that's what I did. Well, tell us. <laughs> tell us what happened. No, well, no the, the big thing that really was interesting for me, because in, in, in the last couple of weeks I've been struggling, you know, with the idea of, uh, doing a full-blown production on the iPad, I've discovered that Cubasis and all the other plugins and recording software don't even know anything about plug-in or latency compensation or anything like that. So AudioBus is just a stupid cable, and that would only change the minute that um, inter-app audio from Apple will be in iOS 7. So. Uh, so I thought, you know, do I really want to go back to the dark ages of music production just to be able to use these great, you know, touch control devices and nice sliders and virtual keyboards and chord strumming things, whatever it is, you know. That's what that's the part that intrigues me about the iPad. 
but it's underpowered and underdeveloped in many areas. But it could be a great control panel yeah. for logic. And that's when it comes in. And that was the point that was interesting to me is to find out how, how well will this work? And it's amazing what they've done. They, probably, they put the whole sort of garage band functionality plus extras into the iPad controller that then sort of controls the, the, the host software in a way that you can stay within the iPad environment but use your regular software instruments and whatever you like. So that's basically the best of world, both worlds, this solution because I have... Uh, yeah, it, I, I mean, I, one thing I would say, and I think that this is something that they missed a trick, is that what they should also have done is created a conduit in software so that you can basically, like you say, this interact streaming. So you can just take, uh, unless I'm misunderstanding what you say, allow you to be able to run all of these instruments, great instruments on your iPad, but have a way of streaming that in straight into Logic audio digitally without having to come in and out and mess about. And you just, uh, okay, so maybe you'll have to uh, uh, go into uh, low I latency mode. And, and that would be I the killer I app. But I, I don't, that's, that's the thing I think is, that would have really sealed it. And it would have had people flocking to uh, Logic in droves. And people would, they make lots of sales based on that. Maybe that's what they're working on for a future update because I think that could kill it. Because essentially, the, 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 as far as I understand it, with the iPad remote, it gives you... Uh, access to, like you say, the uh, instrument interfaces, interesting ways, chord strumming, uh, and also these uh, smart controls, which if you're using track stacks, which are kind of like groups of tracks, you can create um, uh, sort of high-level macros and then assign them through the iPad and what have you. So you get this extra bit of control. Uh, that's, as I understand, how the iPad has been integrated, right? So mm. should I, should I yep. throw my auto mix away then? My little novation thing. I don't need that anymore, do I? Not really, because you can assign any parameter on any soft instrument or plug-in to one of those macro panels on wow. the iPad. Yes. And then you can assign any of those macros to any incoming controller data. So it's very quick. Um, to yeah, it's, it's basically, I mean, it, it feels like if you're familiar with GarageBand. Yeah. Um, and, and a couple of the sins, then it just feels like, yes, it it's, it's actually works, has a little bit more features than GarageBand, but these features are actually just, um, they are performed by Logic X on a real computer with software instruments that you choose on, based on technology that is all, at, at least now gives us input latency compensation and recording compensation and all these little neat yeah. tricks and you have enough horsepower to run your relab lexicon uh, reverb so i've got all the benefits nice. of, of, the, of the of the of the functionality of the interface right i'm, I'm suddenly i'm using a, a, a kind of consumery kind of funny but great to control and uh, interface on my iPad, which is... is it's the missing link. One thing, do, can you control third-party plugins and effects via the iPad? Yes, sure. Ah, okay, that's neat. Mr. Dave Spears, you've been quiet. I'm, I'm get, I know you use Logic, uh, and I know you perhaps had a bit of a heads-up. You use Logic. Have you, have you pl taken the plunge? Have you had a look at this? I mean, does it mean... I'm sure it probably doesn't mean, apart from the 32-bit, 64-bit plugin thing, which is another... Sort of fairly major um, burnt bridge, perhaps, <laughs> in this update. Uh, yeah, they're quite good at that. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I haven't personally. Uh, obviously, uh, the guy that we've got doing support, he did it. He downloaded it. I, to be honest, my working environment is still ten six seven. That's the majority of my stuff. And then all I do is use ten seven and ten eight for testing. Right. But I need that backwards compatibility for you know us and a load of artists and stuff like that. So. I'm not likely to make this jump personally soon, but obviously it was a necessity for the for. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could do, I'd have to buy ten eight four, and um, install it on a spare disc, and then I'd be able to to check it out. And might that might be what I end up. But then again, you know, I'm going to end up, you know, it's going to end up costing me like two hundred and fifty quid to review Logic, which I I'm not particularly feeling the 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 love for that so much. But I'm glad that non Eric has. So um, yeah. What else? What else have you got there for us, uh, Mr. Nuneric? Is there anything else that has particularly jumped out at you? Um, no, I thought I was already boring you. Really. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I, I mean, the things that I was looking at again. This uh, brilliant. Uh, if you get a chance to look at it, it's David Earl's Logic Ninja Track Stacks. The Track in Stacks the thing really I, does it interest me a lot, actually. In a second, I should have the the video stream up. Give ah. me one second. I have the maybe I have the video stream up on musertalk.de. So we can, people who are in the in, in in the live show can then maybe take oh. a look. All at right. Some of okay. This and this is, is this something that's okay? I'm just. Are you tell me. Shall I just talk for a second? Then, yes, please do. Yes, please, so, yes, please. so when I loaded this thing onto my computer, I was really seriously contemplating using it for a session today because when I, whenever I've upgraded from Logic before, it's very seamless and you just go from one thing to another thing. So from six to seven, pretty straightforward. Everything is in a different place, but the software works in much the same way. Mm. Seven to eight, same kind of deal. Eight to nine, same kind of deal. I just loaded nine on my machine. And bosh, I was able to do everything straight away. But this 64-bit plug-in thing and dropping the support for 32-bit plugins has killed off nearly half my plugins, I reckon, at least half my plugins. But worse still, Apple have also dropped a whole load of their plugins as well. So the, some of the ones that I use all the time, uh, like the guitar amp, I think they've dropped the guitar amp because I couldn't find it anywhere. So they've only got their own amp designer thing now and the the guitar amp ah. the basic guitar amp plugin seems to have disappeared so i'm a, a little disappointed about that because i used that hell of a lot in an awful lot of sessions so i'm kind of glad that they coexist side by side and i can report that nine hasn't broken because i've loaded x on so uh, the, yeah i think so that's I important it will coexist it definitely will yeah, coexist. so i just basically was able to go okay this isn't going to work for me today and i'm sure it's going to work for me fabulously in the future but it's uh it's not it's not uh, an instant kind of changeover i was sort of hoping that i would like load it up and bang i'm in there and working and i'd be able to start using some of the new feature sets but i actually have to had to hold off and go back to nine Right, I think uh, yeah, I see. But I think that's one important thing that's uh, that's worth mentioning is that it will coexist. At least early reports are saying uh, Peter Kern wrote a kind of fairly in depth. Actually, I was a bit disappointed that everybody sort of uh, all the major sites seem to have got an early look at it, apart from me. But that's because I can't keep up with the ever changing personnel at Apple, and presumably they can't keep up with uh, us. I guess, but uh, but anyway, that, I sh- I shouldn't feel too uh, bitter and twisted about we're it. We're too brilliant for them. That's what it is. Yeah, well, they're too worried that we might say something not immediately hundred uh, percent. I don't know, oh, but uh, it does. Sound, I mean, I have to say, from what I've seen so far, um, it's not a mind blowing uh, side of things. The thirty two bit 
2264 bit is going to be a bit of an issue, but there may well be um, some uh, bridge, you know, a bridge that one can install. I know that uh, Gear Junkies tweeted asking the question. I forget the name of the actual um, bridge. So it might, you know, they're, they're, it's not all kind of doom and gloom just yet, but I'd imagine it's going to be fairly unsupported. I mean, Dave, are you, uh, your, are your plugins going to be all right? So I've got it up now. Ah, okay. Where should we look, Hans, while, while Dave answers? Uh, on musitalk.de. Okay. Should be gone. Should go directly to the live stream window. Ah, live stream chat logic with somebody. Oh, somebody else with you. No, <laughs> but that's the sum to my availability currently. Okay, I think I may be able to. Can I make that? Let's have a look. See what happens here. Oh, I can sort of. Oh, no, I have to. Um go uh like this and zoom it this way so that's the screen oh yeah i can see so this is this is uh oh what's happened there then i think i just went um there we are oh it seems to be throwing me out come back the stream no it's all right i think it's my uh poor okay there you go got it yeah I just because uh, I'm so zooming the, in. The only problem is I have to. I oh, know that's it. I'm pressing the wrong zoom key. That's my fault. Because uh, the one thing, the first thing I tried, I don't know if you already discussed this. Is we are still in the dark ages of MIDI right. minus 64 panning in one direction and plus 63. So a great wealth I, of 128 different. I was positions. disappointed when you said that. I hadn't noticed that one yet. Mm. Oh. The one, the one that I'm really worried about, and I want to make sure that they fix, is the fact that in Logic Nine, the only uh, way you can use any of the Apple loops and have them loop correctly and go round the right number of bars and not skip and jump is to run your sessions at 44.1. And mm. I had sort of taken on the practice of running all my sessions at 96.24, and then I realised that actually that just completely disables any sensible functionality with apple loops you just can't you can't audition anything let's um, just try it did you try I, it what's that i haven't had a chance to try it yet because every time i try and do anything it starts downloading well uh, this is hans is doing we, this is this is bonkers so what we basically got is uh, hans is streaming his macbook to his website, I'm capturing the, the, the streaming window on his website and restreaming it via the Sonic Podcast. This is what this is the spirit of international collaboration. Love it, absolutely. At the spur of the moment, right? Yeah. Are you running a session at 96 now, then, and going to see if it loops. That's what I'm trying to. And then the other problem I've got is every time I load it, it, it says that it's going to scan all of my AU plugins. And then a whole load of my authorizations, which are on iLock, won't work. And if I click on authorize, it says I've already used this serial number uh, and it won't authorize it, even though I've got authorizations on my iLock. So I have to run mm. a, a whole load of plugins in demo mode. And I don't understand why it would do that. Ah. At the GeForce uh, synthesizers, they also don't appear. Mm. Where? Where? Uh oh, live tech support. Here you hearing it. Dave's looking nervous now. <laughs> and I think I have the latest in Posca, but I or may, maybe I'm making a mistake, but I haven't. No, I think you are. Okay, that, that that one I got I mean we we basically been getting feedback from Apple uh on the sixty four bit beaters that we've been putting out. Oh, okay. And everybody's come back going. Uh 
it's good. We are good to go. Well, there we go. Do I have to load a 64-bit plug-in onto my machine now, then, if I want to use yours as 64-bit? Mm. Yeah. Is it oh, a separate yeah. plug-in? Will it, will it, do I need two different ones then, one for Logic 9 and one for Logic 10, and then I just switch them off in the validation manager, or how would... No, once it's released, it's basically what's known as a fat binary, so it's 32 and 64, so it kind of reads both. Right. Go and download that at some point. I mean, it ain't out yet. I think the thing thing to to remember about this is what what we're... what we're talking about here, I mean, there is going to be a period of transition. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, for the purposes of this program, I mean, there are going to be some some finer details that definitely we, we're, we're going to uh, discover. I mean, and, and as seeing as people have only had a chance to download them sort of since yesterday, this is the kind, these are the kind of things that have come up. But, I mean, in terms of the general workflow and GUI... Um, well, it looks, it's basically the old GUI, in a way. It's the old it? GUI. Well, it, it looks like they moved the windows around a bit. Not much. We still have the the browser window here, and um, you've got the transport yeah. at the top, though. Yeah, and then you've got all this stuff here. You, you know, there's the same. Everything is arranged. It looks like a new skin. Uh, I think Mark yeah, would probably exactly. agree. Yeah, it's a new skin. It's not a it new. It looks skin. very. It looks very um, it's iPad-y, a- and it looks very uh, that kind of you know, retina display kind of graphics. It's it's great that you say that, but because one thing that I found totally amazing is first that they throw out the old GUI of the ES2 to us in a retina age, and it looks horrible and ugly. But what you can do is, and I have never seen it in any other program yet, a real scalability of a plug-in. Can you see it? I can just pull it at the corner and... Oh, that's oh. really cool. That's in, unbelievably cool, actually. Yes, and it's. I think that's a feature totally underestimated because now I can exactly size it the way I want. You look, 175%, and it goes that, in, in per percent increments. Ah, okay. Okay, so I've got this, and then um, that's what I think is pretty, pretty good feature. Oh, it's interesting. Definitely interesting. I mean, there, there's a number of other issues that uh, that came. I mean, I looked again. I, I, I refer you to this David Ill video. It's because it really does open. It opens up a lot of it. Um, the the synths kind of seem, you know, reasonably interesting. There's uh, there's a new retro synth which seems like a kind of you know synth light. It's not going to give you the sort of level of control you're going to get from a dedicated instrument, um, but it gives you uh, FM analog type emulation, wavetable. And is there? There's a fourth, isn't there? I'm trying to think what it is. Anyone? Can anyone help me out here? Red, the retro. Retro. PPG so kind of looking like. Thing, yeah. It? yeah. It's a blue thing. I tried that synth out, and it actually sounds quite good. I think it the sounds- thing, the thing that I really liked about it was that I could see was again um, when it's used in these uh, track stacks, which are kind of like the old folder type idea, and you can you could put like a bunch of them inside a track stack and then play them and split them and have them however you want, but it's controlled as a single object. So effectively, you're creating like a kind of super rack of instances, and it doesn't have to be one retro synth. It could be retro synth. It could be all sorts of things, and then you bring them up. And in fact, David Earl does demonstrate that pretty nicely. Actually, um, I might be able to find that. Um, if anyone is interested, uh, quickly, if I hey, press play, I've got it written down, so just one second. I don't care. Let me find, what was it? It was uh, Synth 630, I think I'm looking for. Uh, okay, it's done that thing to me where it's, uh, yes, let me see if I can find that. It goes through quite a lot of this, so if I just come forward and, oops, excuse me. 
Retro synths. Um, okay, this is not looking so good. I'm actually six minutes in, aren't I? Somewhere like that. Uh, Select multiple tracks and move them around now just by holding shift and here selecting. We go. I think I've got cool. it here. Retro synth. We got three retro synths going on at once here. Right, I'll just come back a bit. This one called Deep Ambient Stack. That's not just one instrument. It's a whole bunch of instruments. If I open that up, retro synth, we got three retro synths going on at once here. And all of their associated auxiliaries that are playing the effects are also within the track stack. Pack a track Why stack, it's really easy. I'll fly. Sorry. So, yes. I was going to say, is this just for people who don't know how to use the environment? Well, I mean, yeah, because the environment has always been very... I co- could you always know. do that. Yes, I know, but the thing is, it's never been simple. The environment still throws me, well, you know, because I'm not programming heavily in the environment at, at all times. When I go back to Logic Go, all right, I need to figure this out, because I might inherit, a, like, if you get a, say, for instance, um, a song from somebody else who has their system set up completely differently, like, oh. for instance, they don't use the sequencer input to route to all of their instruments, and they use some fancy environment routing then it completely screws you up. And you kind of like, actually, you've got to sort of unpick these things before you can figure it out. So in some ways, they've sort of simplified some of the things that have made Logic actually quite complicated for first-time users, but maintained this sort of concept of uh, allowing you to do all of this stuff as well. I don't know, what do you think, Dave? Is it? I mean, again, you haven't jumped, but I mean, to me, it does look like there are quite some, some good, you know, basic workflow enhancements that are really going to kind of make a difference. You can tell there's a convergence between the iPad and the, you know, desktop machine. In the, in fact, I thought the, weirdly, one of the most interesting uh, observations I saw was when Eric Pressing said, "There are no knobs now on any of the synths for for, uh, for cutoff and resonance." And I thought that is intriguing. So now we know that the, you know, the iPad is obviously the required or the desired controller for a load of this. Mm. Obviously, you can control it, but they're they're no longer just as simple as knobs. No. So, yeah, I mean, there's an awful lot of things. I mean, you know, I keep coming back to that thing that I actually argued with you about, that you were saying, you know, there's going to be this sort of consumer-level everything, and then there'll be a very, very high level and nothing in between. And, of course, my big fear is that this was going to get dumbed down. I like the fact that that Logic Pro 9 and this and, and X can coexist, and I think that in itself is good enough not to warrant the kind of upgrade yeah because well, i don't think an awful lot of pros are going to make that jump immediately you know not, not a whole not. operating system and all those plugins no. i mean it's going to be a bit of a nightmare no i mean you can imagine my day today has been you know generally fielding emails <laughs> from people going when when does it does it this that, and yeah that. so yeah no it's been it, it's an interesting one but it's not as exciting for me as it's a, isn't it basically an upgrade for the garage band guys? Everybody's been saying pretty much the same that I've spoken to. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and and what we find is that it. I think it's also. I talked. I talked about it today to my wife actually. I said, "Hey, these Apple guys are destroying the music software industry because they're pumping out this software at 170 euros." I thought it was very it. interesting as well that somebody said, "You know, actually, basically." Logic yep. X is just tons of free stuff. 
There's no yep. really massive inventive leaps or anything. No, it's there's just a, free yeah. shit. Yeah, but it, but it's 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 it's, it's the consumerization of the professional uh, markets. We see that in video as well, don't we? I mean, people Absolutely. are shooting shooting with consumer camera, DSLRs, shooting movies, and they're cutting on laptops. You know, it's happening everywhere and. And, and this is, it's a big and attractive market, and this is exactly what, what Apple is trying to do, you know, they, to give that sort of ultra-hobbyist that... Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, it's, I guess it's perfect, because that's the aspiration, isn't it? It's these people... Uh, I, I count myself a moment, you know... It's, not, it's not really enough. It's not... It's, it's basically very close to what happened to the video thing, I think. Yeah, very. Yeah. Sort of the killing of the high end, really. Although I did no update of the audio engine at all. Yeah, I did read somewhere yesterday that uh, it is backwards compatible, though, isn't it? Right back to Logic Five. Five, right? yeah. That is Which is actually pretty impressive yeah, but compared some... to what happened with Final Cut. Mm. I mean, that, that's that's an interesting thing in itself because I've. I mean, obviously, I've used Logic since version one, so I've got sessions from that. I especially with Duran, all of their stuff was done in Logic three and Logic four. So whenever I do any work for them, I need to be able to uh, load sessions which I did in three point five. Now that means that I've got to have a version of Logic prior to seven or eight. I can't remember which one on my machine. So my laptop is now like a Swiss Army knife of Logics. It's got like Logic. Six, seven, eight, and oh no, six, seven, and nine on it. <laughs> right. So I, so I load, so I boot into Snow Leopard and I load all the sessions up, the three point five sessions, because I can't load them into nine; it just won't do it. Right. And then when I save them out in version six, I think it is, uh, then they become compatible with nine. So you have to kind of do this weird juggling act because. Um, I mean, because they dropped some kind of... I think when they switched from PowerPC to uh, yeah, Intel, Intel, they dropped a whole load of support for the earlier... the way it loaded sessions earlier. But what the weirdest thing is, I uh, got all my Atari discs and I saved all of my Notator SL stuff off on Atari discs the other day, and Logic 9 will load Notator SL songs, including the arrangements... And all the patterns and everything, and it will put the song up, <laughs> and it just works perfectly. <laughs> so why they say, kept the compatibility with Notator SL as a kind of a legacy, going back that far, but not with Logic, is just weird. It's just so mm. strange. Interesting. Um, I'm uh, I'm going to have to interrupt there just purely because we now have uh, a word from our sponsors because I mean we can we can talk about logic because we're all users of it uh, for a long time and I'm sure there'll be more to come. But I just want to say that um, I want to say thank you to uh, Isotope uh, because they are the sponsors of the show and uh, here is Stutter Edit which is the, the thing that we're looking at basically and Stutter Edit is an effect that you play like an instrument. It allows you to create these kind of fills and turnarounds and very sort of strange uh, items across either buses individual instruments or the entire mix uh, remix in real time on stage or in production studio cutting edge audio slicing and manipulation uh, designed with Brian Transo BT aka BT uh, who's very famous for all his uh, starter editing it's got practical applications because it builds fills and turnarounds and stingers for audio programs and more you can download a free 10 day demo of stutter edit at 
isotope.com forward slash stutter edit and that's fully functional so you can check it out for yourselves and of course uh, it wouldn't be the same if there wasn't uh, a competition to go but first we're going to come to our winner of last week's competition uh, I, I did throw a, co- uh, a uh, give us a playlist of stutter edits uh, of stuttery kind of tracks and uh, there were quite a number actually that were posted on both YouTube and Sonic some of which obsc- were, were pretty obscure I must admit I've listened to some very obscure music over the last few days um, and I was trying to find some stuttery aspects to it but uh, I'd like to say that uh, the winner is a chap called Dowdag or Cora Dave as he posted in the um, Sonic Talk uh, comments below and he came up with uh, DJ Rap Bad Girl and that's BT's Spoken Progeny Tall Mix Fat Boy Slim Funk's Old Brother yep I can I can dig that lots of that Guns and Roses Welcome to the Jungle I'm not so sure about that one but The Knack My Sharona I've forgotten about that track and it's just absolute it's just a raw piece of kind of almost new wave pop that's uh, fabulous and of course Bowie changes uh, or should I say ch-ch-ch-changes there's a bit of stuttering live stuttering there so um Cora Dave has won. Uh, he gets uh, a copy of Stutter Edit, uh, which uh, the Isotope Fairy will bestow on his account when I've contacted him and he's given me his email address and what have you. And there is also another question, uh, which is, of course, uh, for another copy of Stutter Edit, which is for next week's, uh, will be announced in next week's show. Once again, what I want is you leave your, uh, your competition entries in the comments below, either on YouTube or here on the Sonic Talk channel. Uh, posting on sonic and the question is how far will you go for the perfect edit i'm sort of thinking about uh, maniacal obsessive sort of behavior when it comes to editing stuff you know uh, so i'm interested in those kind of stories because maybe stutter edit will save your sanity in the future if you've kind of realized that perhaps spending all your days inside kind of coming up with these kind of uh, glitch edits is is going to do your editing. so how far will you go for the perfect edit uh, type it below in the comments and uh, let me know, and uh, there'll be a winner next week. And don't forget, if you want to check it out, um, download a 10-day free, de- free trial, StutterEdit, isotope.com forward slash StutterEdit. Thanks very much for watching. Right, OK. Um, so, quickly, there are more things. I mean, uh, Hans, I, I, no, no, I'd like to know if there's anything else specific that has really sort of blown your mind. I mean, I'm guessing you haven't had all that much time to check it out, like you say. I like the uh, the virtual real drummers. <laughs> Ah, yes, the drummers. Um, the one that download gigabytes and gigabytes of content, if you're not careful. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I like this I like this, this, this matrix where you can decide whether your drum groove should be more complex or simpler or louder. And you can uh, have these, as we know from GarageBand on the iPad, we can now do that on the desktop. And it looked like you could you can set up um, you can um, swap out drums and there's other things. And the other yeah. thing that looked quite yeah. cool. Um, this is again in uh, this different guys, different sets. Uh, you can you have a mixer. Uh, you can say how many fills you want. It's all sort of geared to the uh, casual musician. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you said that. Casual. <laughs> so is that uh, not in a bad sense? Because if I'm sitting there and I'm trying to get a drum, I need a drum groove because I'm songwriting on the guitar. Then obviously this is a very practical and very quick way to lay down something that's it'll have some dynamics that will help guide you and you know, right. yeah, yeah, yeah much much better than having just a simple ex24 drum group that's playing along onto a midi i think that's so although it's for the casual more maybe but it's a very good demoing or guidelining or maybe in some cases even for a final i would even dare to use that on a final recording 
Uh, the one thing that I did notice uh, again uh, that I got from this video uh, is even if you know if you're saying, well, I liked the I like that pattern, but I need to get it somewhere else. If you drag the pattern and move it up onto a MIDI track, it will just extract the MIDI, so you can then play your BFD or whatever it is that might be you know you might require. Dave, you are a drummer. Do you feel threatened? Are we? Are you going to be contacting the musicians' union? Yes, asking for a ban on all software. Oh, hang and, on a minute. And that cassettes while they're at it. it. Yeah. Yes, yes. I did say to somebody I was going to do a single on a cassingle the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I could sell nil copies. Uh, no, that did look quite entertaining. Is that what's called Adrian? Uh, the one that you're... The, the, uh, well, there's Adrian, um, there's Gavin, there's Jesse, and there's Rose who is... Uh, oops, I'm sorry, I'm looking at your screen now. They're very large, these people. The, I don't know exactly. They're, they're lo- they're the drummers, who thought large. it? I don't know who they are exactly, but, uh, yeah, I think you get different personalities. I don't think I like that so much, the kind of, you know, so you've got the kind of almost oh, no, the no, iTunes the iTunes back... Um, iTunes kind of icon, you know, with so, so uh, for instance, Rose has got dreads, you know, so she might play yeah. sort of slightly funky. It's just, it's a bit derivative and, and, and uh, condescending. But if it sounds good and it does, you know, seem to work, um, although those kits do have a generic kind of quality to them that uh, does tend to sort of stretch. They're quite, they're quite good when you click on the different drums, actually. Okay. They're, they're, they're sort of getting into the same realm well, you know, area as some of the other drum kit stuff that I've got. I thought I was playing around with it earlier on and I was clicking on the kick drum and trying different things out. Unfortunately, that's when it started downloading tons of content. <laughs> <laughs> did it not warn you? Because that's pretty... I, it did say something. Uh, no, it didn't. Uh, it didn't actually. say, are you sure? No, Cause... it did say in the left-hand side, if, uh, if you want to download more things, click on this button here. So I thought I'd better not click on that because otherwise it was going to take ages doing something. But then I did click directly on one of the i think i double clicked on adrian's head or something and that was it it was just because <sighs> i wasn't you know i never read manuals i just go poking around pressing things hoping for the best you know <laughs> um i rather look like the look of there's a guy with a mohican with an anarchy a in front of him actually in one of the drum kits which looked quite interesting ah he might be uh, your um so at the risk of you know Overloading our monthly broadband allowance, if we have one. I'm not sure what our deal is at the moment. But surely his sample should be lo-fi. Anti-establishment. Well, up now. Ah. I've got the drum kit. Up. Ah, there we go. He should do those. He should do those fills that go. Oh no, sim- no symbols in punk actually. Yeah, that's very garage band, isn't it? And then you can edit the voices on the right-hand side and and what have you. Okay. Something will come up on the left-hand side as well. If you click on each, if you click actually on the bass drum, I'm touching the screen now because I'm expecting it. To... If you click on the bass drum, it brings something up on the left-hand uh, side. Yeah, there. you can choose. So you you can, can swap out bass drums. Okay, it's interesting that we're what what they seem to have done quite well. Um, which, considering this is, is it still is kind of a, a sort of garage bandification, we don't seem to be hostile to that. And that's what's quite interesting. But it's quite interesting how that, in actuality, that they've made it sort of come across, and it doesn't seem to be too of a dumbed-down thing, which is quite interesting in reality. my, My vision for music software has always been that I end up being able to have 
interaction with a whole load of virtual musicians. So it's getting more and more like that. I mean, ideally, I'd like a little hologram of the drummer to pop up and for me to have a conversation with him and say, like, you know, I'd like a couple of fills here and here. And I mean, that kind of artificial intelligence without the drunkenness and falling over would be brilliant. Yeah, there, there are lots of gags. Sorry, there are lots of gags Please, in that. You probably don't do that, that part of it. But. Not since Saturday, anyway. See, I quite like the idea of making it very kind of what did what was what, what was Hans's phrase kind of consumer friendly casual casual but a casual because user there are you know present company accepted and everybody in the chat room and in fact everybody who's listening to this podcast is completely accepted from this there are some musicians who really should not be left in charge of a computer so the more simple you can make it the more chance you've got of getting some music out of it and and absolutely totally agree I think it's sometimes we are very arrogant in the way we, we are, because I, I remember the story I told you when I went to this guy who I um, said he should get some re- reason essential and a cheap audio interface, and he ended up not understanding that his audio would now come out of this box and not like before out of his headphone socket connected to his stereo, you know? So sometimes we're really far remote from the... And he's a good musician, you know? He writes great songs, you know? So there's something wrong with the industry sometimes. We're making stuff too complicated. And sometimes I get, even myself, I get really frustrated because in the, in this professional music environment, I hardly find a way to trigger media out. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. it can be very difficult to do that. Um, it's, but it is. I mean, on a more general level, you know, then perhaps they've they should be commended really for kind of actually coming up with something that that seems to have somehow straddle these two uh, in some ways opposites because i mean as we know musicians can be an elitist bunch and especially ones who don't ever actually produce any output um are probably the worst kind of elitist musicians um i mean i, I mean ever ever i'm not looking at you dave at all when i say that i mean i at least i have we all have produced output so we've got some sort of a history of it so there's something i suppose but people and as we know people get very evangelical about daws and that's but but i mean at this price we, we let's not forget you know uh, uh, upgrades aside we're talking 200 bucks 135 quid it is, it is kind of up. pretty crazy. And I guess yeah. they're trying to aim, pe- get people to buy Apple hardware, and they're, they're, that's why they're subsidising mm. it. But aren't they killing the music software industry? I mean, what is the message, you know? How is, Ableton, how is Ableton going to compete with this? Because this is, I mean, I, you know, I just well, tried it's, Ableton it's, recently. It's different. And then now I'm in this, and I'm like going, the the. The few things that I wanted to use Ableton for because Logic couldn't do it are things like arrangements on the fly. Hmm. So I'm told I can throw markers in this and then I can make arrangements on the fly. So if it solves that problem for it, because I've got so much investment in in using this piece of software and I know where things are, and I have to commend them, actually, again, commend them on leaving all of the menus pretty much alone so that when I click on a menu, I, I think, oh, I need to do, you know, whatever. I need to go in the view menu. I click on the view menu and I find the same kind of stuff that always was in there. And so it, it's all sort of in the same place. Um, 
Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So if I can do the things that I would have switched to Ableton for and still do them in Logic and still know where everything is mm. and still be able to drive the you know drive the software, so but, to speak, then... But, it's, Mark, you're you know, not the target pretty, customer, though. Yes, probably not. You're not, because I think what, what this is perfect. Well, but they haven't alienated me, have they? They could yeah. so easily have alienated me yeah, and moved true. all the menus. Like Microsoft yeah, yeah, Word, yeah. they do that. Every time they release oh. a new Microsoft Word, it's oh. unusable. So this isn't unusable. This is still usable. This still works exactly the same way. Well, as that I is promising. I, mean, I, I would like brilliant. to, I, before we get, I, I mean, there are some things that I think they missed a trick. I mean, as you've said, non-Eric, you know, the, 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 up, the non-updating of the audio engine. And I think, you know, we know that they acquired Redmatica in, uh, I think it was summer last oh, yeah. year, wasn't it? And ESX24 is so pretty much untouched, which I think is shocking, yeah. considering, you know, that is the one of the only kind of built-in sampler instruments. I mean, they're starting what to... What's the first sampler instrument on the market? I'm sorry? It was the first sampler instrument on the market. Yeah, and, I, and it, seems, it seems to me that there's been a bit of... They lost a trick there. I mean, if they'd up there, I mean, there's, there's still some places to go, you know. Is, I think. is there nothing from Redmatica? Is there no... It, well, not on an, in this. not on initial inspection. So, I mean, the, what puzzles me about this is the timing of it. So, they rushed, they sort of threw it out there with kind of, you know, not really all that many people knowing, apart from people who need to, but not like a massive amount of developer kind of, uh, um, here it comes, guys, you're going to need to get ready because, you know, your, your plugins need to be ready, etc. Not, not much of that, you know, to the wider developer community. And they've they seem to have chosen a massively busy a, a massively dead news week because there's bugger all else out there. So this is you know that's why it's, we're all jumping on it and everybody's doing it. Not only is it big news, but it's not being obscured by any other big news. Um, but it seems like there's all these things that you know we were expecting to happen that haven't really happened. And it I seems mean, like you know we're talking five years of develop, nearly five yeah, years of pro, development. I mean, as a pro user, you must be totally frustrated to look at the mixer. And everything, all the internals being still the same, remembering all the difficulties with 7, 8, and 9 with, in, with latency compensation on the AUX buses. I don't know if that's now improved. You know, there's some, some, some deep, in, deep in the old fiber code hidden stuff in there, I think. And a lot of great stuff put on top of it, but it's not an update for the pro user. It's not for me. I don't, for I my, never... I never use any AUX buses until I get right to the last mix stage, and then I might start auxing things because yeah. it makes it makes everything unplayable, doesn't it? As soon yeah. as you well, everything just falls to pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is when you're setting up, I mean, this is, again, another thing, because ESX24, I discovered you could create these multi-output in instruments, use auxiliary setups, massively complicated. So you create this large kind of drum mix, which has, you know, yeah. various things happening and uh, what have you, you know, so you've got your kit mic'd up and processed how you want. And until recently, you couldn't actually save that and import it in again, you know, mm. to another says, like, I want to ring that whole thing as in a preset. I'm hoping it's a little bit easier to do that sort of thing in here. But again, you know, I would have liked to have, like you say, those auxiliary things, uh, you know, are and big, big the resolution issues. resolution on the faders is, I mean, I remember the show when they showed Logic 5, I think, and they showed it, or, or was it 4? I think it was 5. And they showed the new 32-bit automation feature us. And, and I went to the booth and I said, hey, you guys, what, what are you talking about? You only got 127 steps on your faders, you know, that's nowhere near, that's even 
7-bit, you know. And uh, they said, oh, no, it's uh, the automation. It does, you know, it, it calculates the step in between. It smooths out the parameters. So at the end, it's 32-bit automation. I said, okay. But, you know, what, when are you going to sh change the resolution of the failure? Oh, yeah, we're going to have 1024 steps next update. Mm -hmm. Never happened. No. So when you draw automation in, you never see that number of steps. You don't see that number of divisions. And even if you do draw it in, when I want to go to things like 5.2 on the automation, it takes me forever to get it to actually go to that number. I can't. It kind of jumps to one either side of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think, you know, there, there are some good things in here, and there, you know, but I think you're right. I mean, I think, you know, the deeper you dig, the less impressive it is for the amount of time they've had to think about it and work it's a, on it. It's a marvellous update for what it is supposed to be. Guys who start out on an iPad, they started out in GarageBand. There's a lot of people, lots more people buying iPads now than Macs. So they, they get, you know, oh, yeah, GarageBand, okay, they try it out, and then they want to get deep, deep, dig a little bit deeper, and then they can just yeah. get a Mac and go yeah. up. It's an upgrade pass from low end, yeah. but it's not an upgrade pass for somebody who says, yeah, I'd like to, st I love the way, love the workflow, I like everything about Logic, I'm used to the instruments, I use the effects, my sound is partly Logic, but I'd like an upgrade maybe to remove some of the technical limitations based because you know even in, in plug input latency compensation uh, didn't always work and my guitar true. sound my guitar sounds completely based around the guitar amp in logic and oops they've taken it out uh, where has that gone why would they take it out so now what you're gonna have to do mark is run another machine and then run your guitar into that <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm sure you have the wherewithal for this time but it's oh, in, course, it, um, it just it's just annoying because i really like that guitar amp and amp designer i just well, i haven't really gotten into it in any depth because i like the other one so i just have to learn the new one yeah, I guess so. Maybe there's some compatibility that I don't know about. Well, we can certainly try and find out that. Um, I, I think, you know, in terms of logic, though, I, I think we've probably kind of covered as much as we can for a single episode. There's probably other topics I think we can get into. And I know, Dave, uh, you threw a few in. I don't know if there's anyone specifically that you'd like to like to have a look at out of the list that's there. So we then can... I would, I would uh, hang up, I think it's... Okay. Well, um, non-Eric, I want to say thank you very much uh, for that. That was a, That's what we call on-the-fly sort of... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, improvised live streaming via a variety. That was pretty impressive, actually, and it seemed to go better than when we actually had to set it up via the entire switcher. So however it's working, I think that was, that was yeah. cracking. So One last question, Dave. I'm a bit confused now. Should the Imposca and everything now work on my logic or... Not, I haven't. I'm not. I'm confused. Okay, yes, the, beta, the beta version that I sent you, which is the 64 bit, that should work. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I got it. Okay. Uh, Mtron yeah. Pro and VSM, they're 64 bit released. Next one is Imposca 2 to be released and then followed by Mini Monster. Okay. I just want to so say, yes. sorry. I just want to say, Hans, you're streaming your your Google Mail inbox. Uh, in okay. Case, thank you. Yeah. In case, <laughs> in case you wanted to know, I'm not oh, restricted. Let's have a close up. No. <laughs> Somebody. Oh, Doctor Muller's. Doctor Muller. Doctor Udka. Thank you very much, everybody. All right. Well, thank you, um, Hans. Um, really appreciate you coming on. So uh, we will uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you.
Bye. Bye. Uh, right, so we're going to probably end up with, if Hans hangs up, uh, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, there we go. Then we can get back to a two-shot, which means that I've got my in my old-school look. So um, all pretty good news. So, Dave, uh, I was going to ask you, what was it you would like to look at? We've got a list of other topics, and I know you brought some up, so I'm going to, seeing as you've, you've, you've waited patiently. I'd like to look at a pint of lager. Yes, a pint at. of lager. I, I, I have no preference, really. I was, I was very interested in this poly aftertouch keyboard. The NVDR. Uh, Okay, yeah. let's have a look at that then. Um, that is this video hit right here. And it comes on in a second. Lovely, beautifully shot. I like this chord progression. rather than um, pressure. I, what do you understand it to be as? And, and what is it, it, it... Well, I'll let you kick in there, Dave. Oh, look, I haven't seen that uh, shot I mean, for I ages. Don't know, I don't know the technical stuff. I was reading the early... Uh, you know, the, just the info that's up on Indiegogo about the um, swing and whatnot. It's just that I've just been badgering companies and companies and companies to do a poly aftertouch keyboard because obviously the excuse was always, Oh, you know, we haven't got the bandwidth with MIDI being serial and whatnot. And obviously when firewire and, uh, and USB happened, I was like, well, actually we do have it now. So, and I think there were a few kind of patent implications. And I do know that there was one particular pattern that lapsed fairly uh. recently. So although this doesn't seem to adhere to any of that. So, you know, when this kind of cropped up, I was like, Oh, let's go and have a look. And the price doesn't look bad. It looks like one of those kind of, uh, you remember the very early ARP 2600s, the grey meanies and the blue meanies. It looks like one of those keyboards at first. And I really do think that Poly Aftertouch is immensely, immensely expressive. Yes, I would totally agree with you. And um, uh, But just to sort of reiterate, I mean, essentially, uh, yeah, so in Indiegogo, they're looking for 65K. They've got 52 days left. They've raised four. Um, you get uh, the NVDR Note 25. It's a 25, a 49, and a 61 key are the items. And it's about 500 bucks. I mean, there's a special edition, black one with stuff. And as far as I can understand, it's the... The travel, once you press the key, it's the travel between the key down and the key up that seems to be being used as the poly aftertouch. So it's in both directions. So it's both down and up, which actually sounds quite an interesting way. So there may well be a lot of things that you could do with it. And the other thing that was cool is at the moment that it comes with um, a plug-in 
that will translate um, that data. It's like an AU VST plugin that will translate that data into meaningful MIDI uh, data that you can then pass on to something else that would respond to it. So, you know, it solved that problem of having to deal with, you know, the everybody writing that kind of capability into their virtual instruments. So that I like that. That's an interesting idea. They Presumably they'd want a direct line into it in the first place, right, Dave? Uh, when eventually, I suppose. I guess so. I mean, some people have done, have kind of worked their way around it. Uh, there was one company who did, and it was like a sort of last note priority thing that you could kind of deal with. You could put expression in there and whatnot. From our perspective, we, you know, this it's full poly aftertouch on the Imposca 2. And when I was using it with the Kurzweil MIDI board, it's absolutely magnificent. You can pick individual notes out within a chord and give them a bit of vibrato and stuff like that. And it's very CS80, but... The Kurzweil MIDI board is old. It's a bit ragged around the edges now. And it is obscenely heavy. So the only thing that I'd seen as a kind of viable alternative is the... And I've forgotten the name of it. You know, the one that folds in half? And uh, you can kind of carry it off to a gig. But again, really, really expensive. And I yeah. thought for, you know, 500 bucks for a, a 61... Uh, yeah, notes. that seems affordable, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, so, I have got this, which is... Um, the CME uh, X key. Now, this has got poly aftertouch. It's yeah. small. Uh, it, it looks like it's horrible to play, but actually it's really not. It's quite uh, enjoyable to play. It does work. It's got a solid bend. You know, it doesn't bend or flex, so you can play it you know, much better than you would sort of expect for a sort of mini type thing. And it has poly. Um, and this is 99 bucks. Yeah, very good. And that's kind of interesting. And it's got it's got these kind of, if I can hold it right out, I don't think that's going to... Very small travel. But it, it does... It looks like, like I say, it's going to be really awful, but it's not. And I was just wondering if you kind of... You could join a few of them together and have a separate octave on each one or whether they are planning on doing any larger ones. But I'm guessing that the, the fact that they put poly aftertouch in something means that whatever this pattern is must have... Uh, they must have been waiting for it too because they make keyboards so presumably there'll be something else coming along like that but i agree i mean i i'm becoming this this sort of uh, un um inadvertent champion of aftertouch because i always ask about it whether it's on a keyboard or what because you know it's a, it's becoming a rarity so you know i, I think uh, uh, the governor um, put in the chat room that um or, or, who was it uh, um my, yes, as you had in Nick's tombstone, it will it will have aftertouch <laughs> a very very long time away. That's very kind of you to say. But I, you know, I'm not really. I mean, because I'm not really a player. But certainly with 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 uh, the analog synths that are coming out, the aftertouch on those keyboards, certainly like the uh, Novation Base Station Two and the Artoria Mini Brute, it really does make quite a lot of difference to the expressivity. And I know you play the pro soloist. I saw that as you posted a brilliant video the other day, and that that's got aftertouch as well of some kind. Yeah, yeah, very, very early incarnation. Obviously, that's all, that's kind of all based on a pad. But um, again, but, just really simple. And when you apply that to a chord, I mean, you know, the CS80 is kind of a dream instrument for a reason. Yeah, it's it, beautiful. Because it's very, very expressive. And like I say, I, when we moved, I put the Kurzweil MIDI board into storage and I'm, at the minute, yeah, I don't really have the room to get it out. And I'm like, actually, I want a keyboard built into my desk, you know, that I can slide it out from underneath but it's got to have poly aftertouch. And I was like, actually, this looks like a possibility. Yeah. And there's no excuse 
for us not having it. Yeah, I, I mean, we can, you know, I, I, we have talked about this before. I mean, there are lots of, that. there are ways that it can be interpolated and interpreted so it could control all sorts of things. I'm just looking to see when this is actually likely to be coming. I mean, if there's oh, Kickstarter... Like Feb 14. Pro- yeah, because if the Kickstarter project isn't in for another 52 days, then it's going to be next year. So that's not going to give you an awful lot of uh, aftertouch love uh, until after Christmas, which is probably a bit too late for you. Yeah, well, it might be might be good timing. You never know. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, but I thought it was a very interesting. Uh, it was just interesting that somebody's actually trying, at least trying to address that issue. Mark, I did, am I right in thinking that does does um, uh, MIDI mode six the or whatever it is the guitar one use polyphonic aftertouch for controlling anything for MIDI guitars? Um, there's a there's a there's a very obscure question for a pub quiz for you. Um. <laughs> I don't, I don't I think don't it does. Know. I mean, on the guitar, I, obviously, I play an electric guitar, and by default, it has polyphonic aftertouch in the analog world, doesn't it? I mean, there's so much that you do to be expressive on a guitar. And how that kind of translates to MIDI is you put every single string on a different MIDI channel, and then you can bend strings individually. But in terms of, I don't know, I've never really thought about like opening filters with things, which is what you would do with a keyboard, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I must so. admit, I switch all aftertouch off on my keyboard. Yeah, well, I must. Yeah, I mean, to be able to tell the difference between going uh, and going. Uh. Yeah. It's and interesting. In fact, isn't I it? switch velocity off as well sometimes, or most of the time, and just um, want to trigger stuff. A lot of the people I worked with and programmed for asked me to turn velocity off so it's a whole new world to me that it's interesting actually thinking about yeah. it you know i remember um programming you know if there was any ever there was a master keyboard that had aftertouch the one of the first lessons going back to the atari the atari st turn when you only had what would turn it off because it would just clog the midi data flow Absolutely. up enormously and you get especially on the s1000 it would just like crash it wouldn't it because it would just get i can't handle yeah. all this data just leave yeah, me alone man. and all we were doing basically was like boom chack boom chack or and that uh, really doesn't need lots of aftertouch floating around and i mean or 27 simultaneous anything. notes all happening on the first beat of a bar repeatedly i <laughs> 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 yeah. i guilty my lad yes triggering yeah. those loops and all of that kind of stuff um, yeah, it's not so. I mean, you know, I, I can see why it's important, and I've watched people who are able to play and utilize aftertouch. Yeah, it's more it of a, perfor- it's a performance thing, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's definitely a player's thing. But so. there's a, there's a thought now. The, here's a thought. You know, even though you know uh, anything that does have polyphonic aftertouch on it, there should be just a button that switches it on and off quickly. Because otherwise, you've got to go in, you've got to filter it out in your MIDI, because you don't want it going into certain things, because it'll just really clog it all up for timing wise. You don't want it going into your drums, for instance. And if it's your master keyboard. Oh. Now, there you go. There's a top tip. I always forget because mm. in Logic, where you switch that off is in song mode. It's not a preference. Yeah, it's, a, so it's in a strange place. To, you don't go to the MIDI preferences and just switch it off and say, I never want to see this again ever. You have to do it every time you load a song, a new song. I suppose I could save it as part of my auto load, couldn't I? But I hadn't thought to do that. Oh, I well. just forget. Yeah. <laughs> And then you look, what's all this bloody data doing here? Oh, yes, there we are. No, exactly. uh, So, yes, I think that would be a good idea because, as many of us know, it just clogs it up a bunch. Okay, um, well, I'm glad we got that one in. Um, I've got to do this one for you, Dave, just purely because I want to hear this track. So, are we ready? Oh, it's the wrong one. God damn it. 
that probably means... Ah, here we are. I can't believe that this isn't more well-known. I had to watch this all the way through, because Adrian Ballou is just hypnotic to watch. He's just such an amazing guitarist, as is Tony Levin. It just makes me feel like an old fart, though, a little bit. I probably better stop that, because it'll get us busted. But, yeah, that's the Chapman stick. Uh, there is a new Chapman stick out, in fact, um, in the world. I think I have to play this, in fact. Uh, sadly, it means I'm going to have to play that again and then just find... Hold on a minute. I'll, I'll get it to work. And then we're going to look at the next video in line, which is the reason why this topic's come up, which is this one. Which is very loud. And this is the rail board. This is a new um, Chapman stick uh, from the Chapman people. And this, this is, is a single board. mono piece of... You could take the perfect instrument. the perfect uh, Aluminium. Stick, perfect fret job, the perfect setup, and freeze it. And this is what you get. And so this is the new Chapman stick. And, um, it's called rail board because it has the rails built into the one-piece aluminum beam structure. The rails are part of the board. It's simple in construction. I'm not going to go for it because we haven't got limited time, and I just wanted to throw this in. But, uh, Dave, you were excited by this. And uh, when I was listening back to that Cream Crimson stuff, I kind of remembered why I was. But when I was looking at all the videos that have happened since King Crimson, which is like 1981, of people playing Chapman Sticks, it's exactly the same palette of sounds and techniques as Tony Levin was doing there, only not quite as good. Yeah, Tony Explain Levin's- yourself. Well, he's the sort of master, isn't he? And that's that's really the conundrum. When I saw this was around at a reasonable price, I was like, I don't really get on very well with stringed instruments unless it's a piano. But when I saw this, I thought, it's kind of weird because I'd always liked the idea of being able to play a stick but couldn't ever afford the opportunity to do so. And then I just thought, is it is it purely because I'd seen Mr Levin, you know, either with... Uh, Crimson or with Gabriel playing it, and he just looks so supremely cool that maybe yeah, I'm hoping it. a little bit of that coolness. Would but he is the off. only person playing a Chapman stick who does look cool, as far as I, my my limited research is. Well, I thought this guy was looking quite cool in the sort of latter video, mm. but yeah, no, there's something about it, and I think probably it's bald headed. So it was really a kind of like you know so you don't have much hair, I'm losing my hair. Rich Hilton doesn't have much hair. Maybe we should all have play Chapman Sticks. Should, yeah, because I went to a pub the other day with um, <laughs> Failed Muso and it was like the ukulele orchestra and I was like, well, maybe we could just kind of have a, like a Chapman Stick orchestra and people will go, this is a cool pub. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I suspect... Maybe that's I, completely uh, flawed. It, but just so you know, the rail board is, starts at about $16.50, which seems actually quite a reasonable price for such a kind of specific instrument. It's got very complicated um, electronics and custom pickups, and I think you can split the output um, so that it's got, uh, you know, the bass strings or either side of the bass string. I'm not sure how it works, but uh, so that you can do all of that stuff. Mark, have you ever played one or attempted to play one? I have. And how did you get on? Um, is it easy? No, it's impossible. <laughs> but, oh, because, damn. Uh, the, the, the left hand thing. I mean, as a guitarist, that left hand thing—it's like doing hammer hammer-ons with this hand 
but that whole concept of doing that the other way around as well, and then getting some kind of co coordination between those two things. I'm sure I'm, you know, if I had one for long enough and I practiced, I'm sure I could play it. But uh, it wasn't. There's no instant gratification as a guitarist picking one up and just. I mean, you can sort of noodle around on the left hand and stuff. Of course, the, I think the the intervals and fingering and all that stuff is slightly different as well. Yeah, and then, I'm of sure. course, you've got a whole load more strings as well. There's, uh, uh, there's some great stuff in the chat room. you kind of have rhythm as well. And yeah, I'm, oh, well, I'm you know, sure, yeah. I'm I mean, not that... sure I can even play in time, let alone play anything like rhythmic in time, unless I rely on uh you know some plugin or another to pull me back on the grid well so. now you got yeah you can, that probably work as you head in the chat room which i can't switch up because my uh, chat room client is broken as well as the chat room server <laughs> but anyway he says instead of a free bus pass a chapman stick for old musicians <laughs> quite, yeah, 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 that might work. yeah you see we're getting to that age isn't it that's a great and um uh, it, but, yeah, some people who could, you know, maybe could be playing them would be interested. I mean, I think the problem is, is that because of the hammer-on, you get this kind of, you get this almost chorusy type effect, and it sounds like all of the strings just sound absolutely brand spanking new, and it's got this very specific sound. And it almost, I haven't seen anybody playing one and making it, you know, mutating it and kind of doing some really mad stuff with it, apart from Tony Levin, which, again, is like, you know, 30 years ago. That is amazing. It's that long, isn't it? It is astonishing. Well, I remember, remember, um, Discipline came out when I was at school, um, still at school. uh, And I remember a friend of mine um, brought the album in and just said, check it out. And I was like, wow. And it blew, absolutely blew my mind. And I'm a big, big, big fan of King Crimson because it's about the only prog I've ever heard that's got soul and kind of emotion and, and atmosphere. And it's not all about, look how fast I can play this triplet part, even though there is plenty of that in it. Doesn't Nick Beggs play a Chapman stick? Yes, there's oh, yeah. uh, some stuff yeah. with him uh, and Howard Jones, and that was that was passable. That was I could I could kind of say yeah, that was all right. But again, yeah, it he's didn't. A very very good musician, actually. Right. But you know, I, I think the it's, it, I think it's the memory of it, Dave, because that immediately I thought Chapman stick, great. I can play some King Crimson, and that was it. And then when I played the King Crimson and listened to all these other videos that were from other artists who were you know, extremely accomplished and what have you, I didn't really see that there was all that much distance travelled, technique-wise and sound-wise. Really? No, you're right, actually. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. And in fact, it's funny, because when I saw this, I, in my mind, immediately went back to... Um, there was a video, uh, there was a TV show, it must be on YouTube now, but it was of Peter Gabriel recording whatever the album was with uh, um, uh, no self-control and all that lot on it. And there's just this bit where Tony Levinkind walks in and he's got his effects board and stuff like that and he just plays. It sounds awesome and I thought, that's where it's from, which is probably older than 30 years. Uh, well, he was probably... I mean, he's he was probably the uh, the Chapman stick equivalent of Jordan Rudess, wasn't he? He was the man who could kind of, you know... Pl- but he didn't... He wasn't... He's not quite so pyrotechnic, is he? He's more... It's more about the sort of feel and the groove with him, and that's... And like, I suppose... Like, just look... I mean, does, yeah, does the look. thing is, he's cool no matter what... When yeah. he plays his music, man, he's still looking cool. And he's a great bass player. So I was kind of hoping that Rich Hilton would be able to kind of go, oh, I've played one and it's really easy to play. All you need to do is this kind of thing. He and probably think, would say that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Almost certainly, yeah. Well, I'm sure... But the that tra- rhythmic element with... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like... I'd, I'd just like to get in front of one. Well, maybe it can be arranged, Dave. Maybe yes. we should. Maybe you should be the guy to review. If we get one in for review, you could review it as a complete novice. 
that would be and supply an awful lot of disinformation. Uh, one thing I did see is actually there's quite there was a trio actually, and there was some guy who's playing drums, so it must be midifiable as well. So the, I, mean, I can't imagine what that's like. That they sounds... are, they're definitely midifiable because they be... have they already have a multi thingy piezo bridge. I think what a, right. multiple transducer piezo bridge. So oh, okay. You can, so you can hook that into some kind of MIDI reader that takes a different channel from each string. I don't know how many strings they've got. Theoretically. Definitely uh, get a MIDI stick. Definitely. There's some great stuff in the chat room. Chapman's stick and Dave's spear. Dave's spear. Class. <laughs> I was going to call I was going to call my daughter. <laughs> this was serious. I was actually going, we were going to call our daughter broccoli. Oh, what about asparagus? What? Yeah, we thought about that. Well, uh, we thought broccoli was quite cool because there's James Bond, obviously. And it was, ah, uh, yeah, burning. Broccoli spears. <laughs> Anyway, we're just getting yeah. Random. Okay, well, I think we're probably <laughs> at the point now where it's time. It's a good idea to stop the show because um, um, the heat is getting unbearable in here and it's so far, technically, it's managed to hold together and I don't want to spoil that memory <laughs> for any of us. <laughs> so maybe we should quit while we're ahead. I want to thank everybody else. I thank Non-Eric. Uh, it was great for him to come on and jump on and give us some extra insight into Logic X, which obviously has been um, the, the, the lion's share, seen the lion's share of the show, but we managed to cover some other topics. So we'll say, uh, first of all, um, thank you very much to Dave Spears, g4software.com uh, for thank joining you. us. And, um, and your, yes, your broadband seems to be much better. Is it? Oh, yeah. wow. I haven't, noticed it, any, I haven't noticed any kind of crackly audio or you breaking up or anything. So. And picture quality reasonable? Picture quality is, uh, is yeah, it's better than Mark. Cool. Okay. So, Brilliant. So yes, you've. You, Good. That's you, a relief. And, uh, That's because I'm downloading all of these logic <laughs> <laughs> My broadband's completely clogged up. Logic X broke the internet. Yeah. That's another possibility yeah. for the time. Anyway, Mark Tinley like I, Actually, I, I, I just before we close, I have to say that when I was downloading it, I noticed that Apple seemed to throttle everything to a hundred kilobits per second at their end so my broadband's way faster and it took me forever to download some of this stuff so i mean you know jokingly saying that it's messing up my video it probably isn't because it's downloading it so unbelievably slowly that it couldn't um stop throttling it at your end Ah, well they probably got to really because i mean they probably do a deal with akamai where they have to because i mean at times like this when there's people downloading gigabytes of uh, of uh, content which they must be um then i think you know uh, elbow, elbows in the chat. Well, elbows in the chat room says I get Apple stuff real quick on sixty megabit Virgin. So you know, maybe it's yeah. maybe not. Maybe it's just maybe it's your broadband people that no, are throttling. It's, it's absolutely it's it's throttled because it, it goes up to about one hundred and eight kilobits per second and it won't go any faster. And I can download things from other places, which are absolutely raw. I've got twenty four meg here, so it shouldn't be a problem at all. Wow, it's definitely. They've definitely put a cap on it at their end. Put a cap on it. Right. Logic X. They're at one put a cap on it well thank you very much everybody and don't forget um, also uh, you can join the competition uh, for a winner copy of Stutter Edit uh, download the free trial isdope.com forward slash Stutter Edit uh, I want to know in fact I've forgotten what the question was what was it the question was uh, oh yes how far do you go for the perfect edit or will you go which is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to see hear anecdotes of extreme um, kind of you know just obsession obsessional editing kind of stuff so let's hear and the winner uh, the comment that makes all of us uh, well certainly makes me and the isotope fairy uh, laugh the most or feel tears of pity will win a copy of stutter edit to avoid that ever happening together so thank you very much 
I can think of an absolutely brilliant one, but I won't say it. <laughs> um, somebody in the chat room said, Logic X, as a completely new user, is going to cost me 10 euros more than my Live 9 upgrade. That absolutely says the whole thing in a nutshell. Well, where... it sort of does, but how much did Live 9 cost you? It's like 600 euros, so that doesn't really add up. No, no, the upgrade. The yes, I know, I know the upgrade does, but... Uh, oh, yes, I see what you mean, yeah. So go, um, they must be going from, like, Live 8 to 9, right? Yeah, So presumably. they're going to pay 139, yeah, €129 Euros for, just for an upgrade, or they could buy a whole music production and suite that will clog their broadband up forever for... Well, <laughs> that is, that, that's an interesting thought to leave everything on. And I want to say yeah. thank you very much to everybody for um, for joining us this week. And, um, You're just going to have to hang up on I should, I'm going to hang up. Yeah, I'm going to hang I'll up. say thank you, Nick. I really enjoy doing this. But you are going to have to hang up on me or I will talk to you about logic for the, another two hours. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we could form a sub-show for that, a specialist yeah. show. But thanks very much for watching. I'm going to stop recording now, so don't say anything. <laughs>